0: It's already been a big day, but we do have one more thing. This week, Apple revealed its new Vision Pro headset, a platform it described as the advent of spatial computing. The company clearly put a lot of work into building Vision Pro and Vision OS, the software that powers it, but is it as revolutionary as Apple marketing would have you believe? Blending digital content with the real world can unlock experiences like nothing we've ever seen. What Apple showed us was an immersive computing experience that basically removes the ordinary boundaries of physical devices and puts your familiar app experiences into the space that surrounds you. It looks like an amazing way to browse the web and watch videos, but it's a very different approach when compared to the metaverse as laid out by Mark Zuckerberg and Meta. Apple may have shown us, quote, The most advanced consumer electronics device ever, but will it actually transform day-to-day computing for our daily lives? I'm Daryl Etherington, and this is the TechCrunch podcast, where we talk about the top stories in tech with the people who cover them. Today, Brian Heater is here to tell us about Apple Vision Pro and what the future might hold for spatial computing. Hey, Brian, how's it going? It's going
1: well. I'm still in California for uh, another day or so. I can see the Levi Stadium over here where the San Francisco 49ers play. Ironically, not in San Francisco. And then Great America, which is our uh, hour. I don't live here anymore, which is the
0: local amusement (laughs) park. And just to explain, Brian is in California because he was attending Apple's WWDC 2023 developer conference and keynote, specifically the keynote, I think, is the big newsmaking event of the week. And of course, Apple unveiled its long-awaited AR headset, the Apple Vision Pro, which is certainly something. Brian, what were your impressions by being there in person? and What was the kind of the audience reaction? Tell us all tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, what's interesting about it? Okay, you remember the the lead up to the uh, Apple Watch, right? I mean, yep. the Pebble was out for a long time. There were some smart watches out there. And I feel like more or less when Apple actually came out on stage and announced the thing, it was like pretty much what we had expected smart watch with some Apple polish on it. The Vision Pro looked exactly like the renders. Like mm-hmm. the renders were remarkably spot on, but the functionality was a lot different. This was being pitched as a mixed reality headset, which means AR VR. Obviously, AR has been a big thing for Apple for five or six or seven years at this point. And then because it was a it's an opaque visor on the front, that means that theoretically you can do some VR applications, but Apple really leaned into what they're calling spatial computing. So really like projecting a computer in front of you. That was first and foremost. Finally, they got to the end of the announcement and they started talking a little bit about, you know, more entertainment focused things. Bob Iger was on the video talking about launching Disney+. Plus. There was one game demo, but it was a guy playing, I think it might have been Madden. It was, no, no, sorry. It was a basketball game.
0: Yes. But like just the regular one that you would have on the iPad or whatever. Yeah, it was like. The one that's available on the App Store. yeah, Yeah,
1: because the only game interface that we've seen so far is, it looks like you're playing it on a large screen. There's no virtual reality. There's, you know, there's no first person. Obviously, this is still really early stages. And this is a a big part of the reason why it was announced at WWC. And it's coming out early next year is because they're writing developers. Hopefully, there'll be some like bespoke content developed specifically for this interface. And everything isn't just basically like a Mac or an iPhone app ported over. As far as the actual reaction of the audience, it was really... Interesting. I do think that there was surprise, which is you know, good job Apple, like actually creating surprise around a product that we've all known was coming for the past like five or so years. Yeah, and then there was a bit of an audible gasp in the audience when the price was five hundred dollars over the three thousand dollars that we thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, the price definitely hurt. It definitely just as a watching the keynote remotely, you know, it was very exciting, and the the demos were all very exciting, and it was. The type of demo that I think if you saw this demo, maybe from another company, you would probably be like, well, this is just this is nothing like, you know, they've just done a render. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, just to stop you because we've seen that, that demo from other companies exactly. for the past like 10 years.
0: And then the reality does not match up to it at all. Right. The reality is like. Okay, well, it's all grainy and like jittery and juddery and doesn't look like this at all. And basically, judging by the first hands on impressions by the folks who have gotten access, it seems like they're pretty close to actually what they showed on stage. Like the text does render crisply, like the interface elements are clear, like the touch accuracy is quite high, it seems like, right? Or actually not even touch, right? Because it's vision based, like it sees where you're looking. And then sort of highlights that as a touchable object. And then you just pinch your fingers, I think, is the gesture. Is that right, Brian? And then it like kind of registers that as a click, basically.
1: Yeah. You know, it's minority report. Right. Basically, that's like the uh, sci-fi context that we've been using for a long time. But I don't know if you remember, like five to 10 years ago, I think it was at CES, Sony announced a visor. Not the PSVR, but like a cinema experience visor. You put it on your head. I think I got a demo of, you know, whatever Spider-Man movie was current at the time. And I've tried a bunch of those and it just feels like having a screen in front of your face. Like no one's been able to recreate like a real spatial movie theater experience. So that should be interesting. Obviously, people are really interested in Apple. We're following the news and they've been reading all the reviews and they're, they're excited that people... Are excited. Pretty much every hands-on has gone the same way. Of, oh, I wasn't expecting that much, and Apple actually really delivered on it. So there's a bunch of things. I'm going to plug a piece that I posted on uh, Tuesday of this week, where I talk about some of this. One is just the incredible difficult road they have ahead of them, as far as actually like being able to get this onto more people's heads, because yeah. you're not. If I'm an average consumer and I read like Matthew's hands on, I'm not gonna be like, all right, well, you know, this guy at TechCrunch like it, so I'm gonna spend $3,000 on this product. So, you know, hopefully they'll be doing more demos in the Apple Store. I don't think that that's super scalable. That's not the same as like seeing an iPhone in the Apple Store or like seeing your friend's iPhone. And then the other thing that I really wanted to make mention of. I think the expectations were totally off. And I think the framing on this thing was totally off. It was in a lot of ways a a rare misfire from Apple in that respect, as Mm. far as like, we're pretty aware of the fact that shareholders were kind of basically pushing this thing out the door. You know, maybe Tim Cook wasn't quite as excited as he should be. He wanted something that looked more like, you know, like a a pair of glasses.
0: Although I will say he went the other way (laughs) in terms of presentation, like his takes on the video. He seemed a lot more excited than he usually is, but it was almost like a yeah. Protest too much moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he leaned in it because he really, I mean, it was, it was a one more thing. We haven't gotten a one more thing in a long time. So, like, he obviously, like, you know, he is a salesman. He knew he really had to sell a thing. But the thing I keep pointing out to people is the pro in the reality pro name, yeah. which suggests heavily implies that there's going to be a non pro version. My, Theory was like at earliest late 2024, but it seems like 2025 is probably a safer guess at this point. So think about this right now as Apple basically like selling what is effectively a developer device to people that, you know, a few years ago, 2020, when they introduced the M1 chip, they had the little like developer Mac mini. Yeah. Think about that except they made a bunch of commercials for it to make it look like a consumer device so i think that they did a bad job with the expectations but hopefully for them if things go according to plan then the content will be developed now You can start scaling because, you know, you're actually going to be manufacturing this thing and all of the sort of like the over engineering and all of the costs that went into it. You know, you have to assume that those two 4K displays were extremely expensive at scale right now. Yeah, that in two years that maybe one will arrive for like a $1,000 or $1,500, which is still a lot of money. But I don't know, maybe... I don't know if this is a little bit of three-dimensional chess here, but maybe actually like selling something for $3,000 and then having a $1,500 one in a few years, at very least, it looks relatively reasonable.
0: Yeah, perceived value goes way up. I think you're exactly right with like the positioning felt weird, especially because it was at a developer conference and... All they showed was very much, like, how much this is a consumer device. And they didn't really tell that much of a, like, developer opportunity story on it. I think they were in a weird position. I think you're right about the, like, the shareholder pressure. And it's rare to see Apple kind of, like, make such obvious concessions to that. But I think they were doing that here. That's probably helped by the fact that this isn't their only boondoggle project. Like, they also had, not to call it a boondoggle because it could still turn out. But, like, they had the car, right? And the car <laughs> went to nothing. Like, literally evaporated yep. And they spent billions of dollars on that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the big difference here is if you release a VR headset and it's not great and, you know, this is purely hypothetical, but like, let's say... It gets too hot, you know, or let's say the battery only lasts like 20 minutes, like that sucks and that's bad for them. But if you release a car and those things happen, that's a a much bigger problem.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm only saying that I think they had additional pressure because they had done that. And that was such a public failure. And so people were looking at them like, well, you have to get something out the door. And this was the thing they could get out the door. Right. Yeah. Now, I do think that they also had to tell a compelling consumer story because they wanted it to be like, oh, well, can people see themselves using this? Like, they need to prove out the demand among the consumer audience for developers to be. It's a chicken and egg problem, too, right? Like, they need a good developer story to go to consumers, but they need a good consumer story to go to developers, basically. And the good consumer story here is not going to be like the good consumer story was for iPhone, which is like, we're selling tons of these and people are demanding apps on it. Yeah. Because this, they're not going to sell tons of them. And people probably won't be demanding apps on it. Well,
1: I think if Apple was able to do it, I guess in a less public way. Obviously, Apple can't do anything in a not super public way. Yeah, right. Then I know this is a bad analogy because this thing is not lived up to expectations. But I think the Hololens is a good analogy from the standpoint. And I've written a, quite a bit about this over the last year or so. But Magic Leap, like in a major way, pivoted towards enterprise. Facebook or Meta is kind of yep. pivoting over there. HTC is pivoting over there. Everybody realizes that. The first applications for any successful AR VR headset are going to have to be enterprise Apple knows that too, but Apple also knows that they can't come out on stage and sell an enterprise device in hopes of selling a consumer device, you know, two years down the road.
0: Right. Yeah. And I was just talking to some of the folks from Betaworks and some of their portfolio companies about this very thing. And they were excited not by any of the things that they demoed in terms of consumption experiences, but by the volumetric capture, Mm. which is definitely like an enterprise thing, right? Because like Apple showed it as oh, you can watch your kids while wearing a headset and then, like, capture these beautiful 3D videos of them, which, like, nobody wants that. That was very dystopian. Well,
1: it was, I think it was, I don't know if I should... Say, because I'm sure he's going to write about this. A very well-known person who writes about Apple, Daryl, you'll probably be able to guess in the fact that I was in Uh close proximity to this person. But (laughs) pointed out the fact of like, you know, imagine being there for your kids' first steps, and you have to throw these like ski goggles on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not something that I think is going to strike a chord with a lot of people. But this guy. I forget what, apologies to him because I forget what he was developing, but he was like, imagine you're, you just need to do Google Maps, but you can just kind of like assign a street squad to do this stuff and do volumetric capture like street corners or whatever instead of just walking around like, or a job site or something like that. Like there is tremendous enterprise application, like you said, but it's like, Apple has never done. Apple's never launched a product for enterprise first. They've backdoored into enterprise. So it seems like not something that they're comfortable doing or want to do. Yeah.
1: I'd say two things real quick. One, you know, there are things out there and I don't know in terms of like efficacy, but they're worth looking into. You know, I've written about a lot of construction companies in the past who have like a hard hat that does that. So I, I don't know how this compares. I know like for one thing probably a lot harder to scale. I know it's lighter, lighter works better outside the stereoscopic camera. So that's a point in its favor, but like, obviously this thing is built to be inside and I don't know how that transfers to the outside. Yeah. And then just the other thing too, is like, you know, we need to point out the fact that I don't know. My memory of the videos that they showed, there wasn't a single person that was actually outside in this thing. And that's a, like a that's like a really important point. That's right. That this is not yeah, this is not Google Glass.
0: It's not weather resistant. Yeah, that say. but other things.
1: <laughs> and you know, I'm sure like it fogs no, up yeah, yeah. and then you've got the battery pack dangling. Like there are some really awkward concessions that they had to make on this thing, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Well Brian, I gotta let you go you gotta meet with more Apple folks, bring us all the news but uh,
1: Google yeah oh, I can say that okay. Google that'll be up in my newsletter I think by the time this airs. so excellent stay tuned.
0: yeah thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and we'll continue I'm sure to cover this as it gets closer to launch and the news drip drops out. But thanks again, Brian yep thank you. Here are the stories that are top of mind this week. Fidelity, which led Reddit's last funding round, has cut its estimated valuation of the company by 41% since it invested in 2021. Most of the valuation cut happened last year, but it has continued to chip away at the total through 2023. This is just one of many valuation reductions among Fidelity's portfolio, including Stripe, Twitter, and others. More on this from Manish Singh on TechCrunch. Andreessen Horowitz-backed Character AI has racked up 1.7 million installs in under a week since its launch. The app is an AI-based character generator, which allows you to create your own virtual chat companions with distinct, customized personalities. The web app that preceded the iOS and Android version had 200 million visits per month, according to the company, with users spending just under half an hour with its virtual chatbots per session. More from Sarah Perez on TC. While me and Brian talked a lot about Apple Vision Pro this week already, it's definitely the big story this week, and our own Matthew Panzarino got to spend 30 minutes experiencing the pre-release headset. He comes away very impressed by the tech, and specifically the eye tracking, gesture control, and text rendering. You can check out his full thoughts on TechCrunch. Meanwhile, that's not all Apple unveiled at WWDC this year. There was a whole host of announcements, including a new 15-inch MacBook Air, a new Mac Pro powered by Apple Silicon, a new Mac Studio, new iOS and iPadOS 17 previews, and much, much more. For the full rundown, be sure to check out Christine Hall's Roundup on TC. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can read all of the stories we talked about at techcrunch.com. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and review. Join us at Disrupt 2023 in San Francisco this September. Save up to $600 when you buy your pass now through August 11th and save 15% more on top of that with promo code CRUNCH. Visit techcrunch.com disrupt to learn more. And as always, don't miss our other TC podcasts. We have found equity and chain reaction. See you next week. The TechCrunch podcast is hosted by myself, managing editor Daryl Etherington. We're produced by Maggie Stamitz with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.